You are listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiacos fans from Melbourne to Baltimore, from London to Piraeus. We are four Olympiacos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you'll never lose the latest updates and stories of the team you love. This is our team, our city, and our land. You're listening to the Gate 7 International Podcast. Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. You are listening to episode number 67. Welcome to everybody who is listening live. Thank you so much for tuning in on Facebook, YouTube, and or Twitter. Be sure to follow us on Gate 7 INTL if you are not there. My name is Peter Thompson. I'm here with my co-hosts Adi Bulubasis, Lambro Sirmos, and Costa Levoyanis. We just finished watching Greece versus Spain, one of the most incredible, unexpected results that we've seen in some time, a 1-1 draw. Bacasetas, Captain Bacasetas, scoring the penalty. We're going to get into the game. We've got a couple other things to discuss as well. It's going to be a, an action-packed episode today, so we'll get right into it. We've got a couple housekeeping items, as always, to, uh, to go through. As you may have seen on our social media accounts, we have another player special guest coming on. It'll be our next episode featuring Peter Filipakos, the only ever Greek-American player to feature for Olympiakos. We know we have a lot of American listeners, a lot of North American listeners, so we hope this is an episode that you guys are very looking forward to. Ask us questions for Peter. Send us to them on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, even Reddit, Gate7INTL. The interview will be out Monday, March 29th. Additionally, we would like to say thank you to our sponsor, Piraeus International. Piraeus International has been helping Greeks ship to and from the motherland during COVID-19. Shipments to Greece are going out from Baltimore, Maryland every month. Fill any large U-Haul box, send it to our friends in Baltimore, and it will be shipped to the Port of Piraeus for only $50. Better yet, fill any large wardrobe box and send it for $100. Give them a call at 410-675-4696 or send an email to sales at piraeusintl.com. Now, we didn't get a chance to cover the games from last weekend in the playoffs because we were doing a little bit of boozing with the boys in case you didn't see. Um, but we'll just run through those results very quickly. First of all, congratulations to Asteras Tripoli with absolutely what a goal at the end. The goalkeeper coming in and scoring a worldie, Alex Kutakos. I hope you're out there. Huge, huge result to seal the draw with Panathinaikos. The run, the magical run to Europe for Asteras is alive and continues. Additionally, Pauk, destroying Ike 3-1, picking up a good win. And Olympiakos creeping out a victory in a friendly against Adis, 1-0. Kenny Lava sent off with, with a red card. Uh, Yorgos Masuras scores the goal. Um, quite an eventful game, but at the end of the day, the three points are what matters. We stay, or I, we, we move to 19 points up on the top of the table, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Adi, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, the game was, it's always going to be tough. Adis is the second place team in this league for a reason. It's always tough. And then going down to 10 men, 
able to hold the result, can't ask for too much more. The thing that got me, though, was after the goal was scored, after Masuras puts us up one nothing. after the game, it prompted an article, a very controversial article that people went ham on about Masuras. Uh, it was a Gazetta article stating that Masuras is the most productive midfielder at Olympiacos over the last two seasons. And people went nuts. Greeks, Greek Americans, Greek Australia, it didn't matter. Across every social media platform, wherever the article was posted, people were just laying into this article. And part of the reason is, it's, it's not that it isn't true. In a matter of speaking, the numbers are true, but there's context that was left out. And the context is that Masuras has played almost 6,000 minutes over two seasons. And this is unfair, especially when you're comparing to players like Fortunis. Fortunis has only, hasn't even played 4,000 minutes yet over two seasons. But yet when we look at his production, it's about the same. So what I did was I did a small breakdown just to see if it's true. Duh, is Masuras actually the most productive member or the most productive midfielder in terms of his end product? And it's a little bit of yes and no, but you can make the decision for yourself once you hear it. So Masuras, in terms of goals, assists, and I even included second assists. That's a, a fun hockey stat that people like. So over two seasons, he has 22 goals, 10 assists, and four second assists. Fortunis, with two th- almost 2,000 less minutes, has 13 goals, 13 assists, and eight second assists. Over two seasons, Masuras has 150 crosses and 78 total shot assists. Fortunis, of course, in his almost 2,000 less minutes, has 117 crosses and 96 shot assists. In terms of shots, Masuras has 142 with 62 on target. 43% total shot accuracy. Fortunis, 89 shots, 34 on target with a 38% accuracy. I think Masuras edges Costa there. Then lastly, I looked at passes in the penalty area. Almost 6,000 minutes of play, Masuras has 145 passes that went into the penalty area. I didn't focus on accuracy or whether or not they got to somebody's feet or head, just the volume that went in. Fortunis, in almost 2,000 less minutes, had 175 passes to the penalty area. So it's not that the statistic itself was incorrect. But with the context, I have to disagree that Masuras is the most productive midfielder because here we see Fortuny with almost 2,000 less minutes. And 2,000 minutes is almost a season's worth of minutes for a lot of players. And he has just as much production, if not more. Well, Adi, thank you very much for that much-needed Scout breakdown. We've got a few comments rolling in that I just want to quickly read, making sure... Ian Chambers says, smile, Adi, we won the game. Adi, give us a good old smile there. And uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the game a bit later. Risto Katsifis with a very good point. Mihari Burubasis. Greece are 1-0 since Mihari has been, well, 1-0 in the sense of not losing. I will say it's 0-0-1. He's 0-0-1. That's a win in my book. That's a win in yeah. my goddamn book. So congratulations yeah. to Mihari. Um, also, I don't think we said it yet. Zito Elada, happy Independence Day. We're recording this on Independence Day. So 
200 years of Greece is a wonderful thing. And uh, it's, it's amazing that this result has come on this day. Adi, I believe you've got another rant queued up for us here having to do with TV revenue and things like this. Yeah, so I shared with you guys a really cool, well, it was actually um, a retweet from our good friend Hanu of a breakdown of not just budgets across the different leagues, but in turn and TV revenue. Now, the budgets probably wouldn't surprise anybody. This is something we've discussed before, but the thing that irritated me and something that upset a lot of people was the the revenue, the do- and not just overall revenue, just domestic revenue. The domestic revenue and TV marketing rights for each league. And lo and behold, Greece's domestic TV rights money is less than third world countries. Third world countries that have the same population size that Greece does. It's awful. It's really sad. And we've been discussing this a little bit in the past with respect to that Belgian Eredivisie merger, um, whether that actually happens or not, and whether or not that means we should be maybe looking at a Balkan League merger as Greeks, because Epo's not doing anything to help further our re- revenue generation. And when we see that Peru and Nigeria, although Nigeria is a, a bigger country overall and technically has bigger, more economic power. But South Africa, all of these countries have better TV rights revenue and larger volumes of TV rights revenue distribution than Greece does. And that's sad. That shouldn't be the case. And that is one of Gramenos' job is to increase the league's value, whether it's opening channels to increase the exposure of that, whether it's restructuring the way TV rights are done in Greece. He hasn't done anything to grow the value of the league, and that's the sad part. Now, there is hope. We also tweeted this out. Uh, it was an article, I believe, from Foss Online about Super League TV. It's a new idea being started. It actually came from Alafuzos, probably one of the few good things Alafuzos has done in the modern era of Panathinaikos, and it was discussed by Carapapa. So basically the idea is that this could resemble for the first time a collective bargaining with respect to TV rights. Instead of every team having to negotiate separately with Nova how much money they're going to get from the season for participating and for their ad revenue, now the Super League TV could negotiate on a whole with whatever provider they want for international, for domestic, and then they could apportion the TV rights revenues either on an even basis or however they want. So it's interesting. We don't know the details yet. They haven't given them. They have to nail those down first. But finally, it looks like Greece is going to take a step in the right direction. Hopefully. I, I just saw that. Who did the Alabusos? <laughs> <laughs> for, for those who are listening on audio, um, our, our friend Arki from the uh, the Big Three pod, Alabuzos. <laughs> I mean, guys, Short the, the main thing I took from this is like, and it was actually a really nice discussion on Twitter a couple days ago, uh, was with this Balkan League. Like, I feel like it could be really interesting in the sense that it would like you'd bring a lot of these teams together, like the debates, Greece and Cyprus, or maybe even Turkey or Serbia, bringing those teams together, like 
having a league where you don't have to go play in a swamp in La Mia every weekend. You get to play against other big clubs with similar resources to you. You know, um, I would really enjoy that. I think even if it meant that uh, Olympiacos didn't walk the league by 30 points every year, I think it would prepare us a lot more for Europe having to play in more competitive games every single weekend. Um, and it would be really fun for debate as well. Like so many people were like, oh, Pauk would finish above Red Star. Pauk would finish above Ammonia. No, Ammonia beat Pauk. Like it's a really fun debate as well. And I think it would be a nice competitive league. Of course, the look on Savidi's face when Red Star come walking in and people know that they have a relationship with us, like he'd be calling for all of the, all of the corruption. The fans would be fuming. But um, I think it would still be really interesting, and and who knows? I think it would help for the coefficient as well. I mean, you just get more teams in there, more opportunities sure. to actually do something in Europe. For sure. No, I agree. I I, I don't see a world when we go with uh, Serbia or Croatia or something like that, but I could see a world with Cyprus. I think Cyprus adds like three or four teams, you know, that would make the league even better, like Ammonio, Apoel, Anorthasi, I mean, up well in the relegation group this year, so maybe not. Well, <laughs> so maybe not up well this year, but you know what I mean. Just like big clubs that would produce bigger games than, like, say, playing. I don't want to La Mia. I guess I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. La Mia, or uh, not saying Larissa, but uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think it would be uh, a lot of fun, um, and I guess. We should get into the game today, right? I I'm already seeing a lot of questions. Uh, Adi, did you did you have is, a quick note about financial fair play, Adi, that you wanted to? Yeah, go there's actually oh, okay. a really important bit of news regarding FFP. It is looks like it's going to be axed. It's been reported from sources across Europe. UEFA is finally putting the axe to it, mainly because they lost that huge case against Manchester City. And, and really, they've lost the cases. They haven't been able to enforce it against the big clubs anyway. And with things going on with COVID, it was pretty much impossible for especially smaller teams to adhere to FFP. So they're changing it up. There's going to be a much looser, I guess, uh, financial fair play rule set coming out or guidelines coming out soon. Um, but they're pretty much doing away with it. It did work because... But prior to its inception, over 50% of football clubs in Europe were in, we're, we're going to say, unsustainable debt. Um, and now it's way, 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 way less. So we're going to say that it was a good thing, but the problem was it never did what it was supposed to, to rein in the big clubs. And all it did was the clubs that were already big and already had that uh, we'll say that kind of were grandfathered in with their their culture, their historical economic power. That country club of clubs stayed there, and it really just protected the status quo. So say what you want. It worked for some things, but in the end, it probably didn't work as well as we would like it to. So we're going to see what happens moving forward. We'll key up on top of that and let you guys know what we find out, what we see of course, and give you as much news as we can. Jacob just seven. I'm <laughs> drinking Racomelo, my friend. Stiniyamas. Hrunya pola, bevia. Stiniyamas. Should we get into the game? Meanwhile, I'm drinking freaking chai. Yeah, well, let's, let's get into the game. I think that's what people are clamoring to, to talk about here on the live. 
the first the first uh, comment will go comes from Costas Pape Dimitriou. Great result, one one draw. Great marking and excellent stamina from our players, but we have to focus on attacking plan. This is not one game; it's seven more. We need points. Can I, I, I think into this? Go right ahead. This Spain team were disappointing, or at least when you think of Spain, what I think about is Xavi and Iniesta, Fernando Morientes. Uh, this team is not not scary. They didn't scare me. There was at no point during this game when I looked at that Spain team and I thought, Jesus, these guys are going to beat us five or six nil. At no point during that game. Honestly, guys, I, I, I found them quite lethargic. I did say in our group chat that I thought that they looked like they were playing a friendly. So they had a bad attitude. And the Timikas, he had Fernand Torres in his pocket the entire game. What a great game Timikas had on the left-hand side. He hasn't played a single 90 minutes throughout, throughout the whole season. And he's marking, arguably for me, Spain's most dangerous player at the start of the game. We didn't see Fernand Torres anywhere today. So it's a great performance from Timigas. And the point I'd like to make is that, for the love of God, if we'd put out a normal, like, logical starting 11, I'm not daring to say, like, we could have got more from that game, but we could have threatened going forward. And we had spaces when, when we recuperated the ball in defence. We had space to go forward. If you had players like Zolison in the first half and Fortunis to, to be able to carry the ball and, and run into space and spray the balls out to the wings, who knows what would have happened. Anyway, great result. I don't think any of us were expecting uh, anything more than a loss. So, you know, if you'd have asked me, would you be happy with a point after the 90 minutes before this game? Hell yes. So, Fantastic result, but it means nothing if we don't win on Wednesday. And this is where we start talking about game plan and tactics. Yeah, you're well 100% said. right. I got a few, uh, a few, few comments we'll run through. Fetano says, the player picks were awful. The heart and tactics saved us tonight. I think the, the starting lineup, yeah, we talked about it in the pregame live that we did. Uh, definitely some head scratchers in there. And, and it has to be said... Uh, Bacasetas didn't play great. He did score the penalty, but that's really all he did. Um, Mantalos and Limnios both deserve to be subbed off at halftime, I think. Limnios, we were saying this in our chat as well. Does he not know who Sergio Ramos is? Like, <laughs> Oh, Jesus. No, he just he, has low football IQ. We saw this like, before. Oh, he's a nothing. Hold on, hold on. Limnios is a nothing player. I'm just going to say it. He... Ooh. You get sold for two million euros to not for a not for the FNG. No, he he's did a play player. well in Nations League. No. He did play okay in Nations League. For I'm, Bach, he sucked. He sucked a lot. He's just now, for the nothing. Nations League. He's, he had a couple games, Adi, that good, but he proved he, why he doesn't play in Germany at all. I take Rangelovic over him. He's a nothing for me. Limno is a nothing. I. He's got no I, rhythm. He's got no rhythm. He's not he's playing. He's not nope. playing. He shouldn't have played today. It's like, where are you going yeah. when you're trying to nutmeg Sergio Ramos? Who do you think you are, Cristiano Ronaldo? Are you having a laugh? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's like, oh, this guy, this guy I'll never expect it. He's probably never been, he's probably never seen this before. I'll try to meg him. That'll do it. Oh, God. Um, yeah. But yeah, Montalos also not his best uh, performance there. I, I actually wasn't as upset with the Montalos pick as I was with some other ones. 
but uh, he did not do it for me. Um, and to think, uh, Fetanos just actually said the name of a player that probably would have started in Montoya's place, from what we know, if he hadn't gotten injured, and that's Pelkas. That's another issue to get into. But I think the changes, uh, I think the changes in the second half helped. Um, Fortunis came on. He didn't have a huge impact on the game because we didn't have the ball a lot. But uh, Zoris, I think, also looked okay in the couple instances where he did have the ball. The Shiopis one was a bit weird as well. Um, but I guess, I don't know. Um, but I mean, the, the team continued to play hard, uh, conceding only one goal against Spain is something that has to be mentioned, I think. Uh, but yeah, I, I, we were incredibly lucky to get a goal. It has to be said, I, I, we're going to have to change a lot of things if we want to actually score goals in these games more consistently. Well, the, the thing against Spain is, look, we were always expecting them to dominate. Uh, it doesn't matter what possession-oriented strategy JVS has or we have. <laughs> we're not going to – I like I love this Dr. Skitz comment. If Greece had <laughs> Barales, we would have won. Love it. But, yeah, we were never going to dominate possession. The defensive shape was okay. We actually did very well diffusing pressure and going out wide. Now, the scary thing was that right side, and I don't think there's any excuse why Adruzos or, hell, even Mavria shouldn't be playing in one of the next games because Bakakis looked awful. He was getting burned constantly in and out. And then when it comes to, when it comes to uh, cro- like him coming down and crosses and set pieces, I don't know what he does. I think he gets lost. I don't think he knows what he's supposed to. Maybe it's because he got called up late. I don't know, but he scared the crap out of me today. And if Wait, that's what Adi. we're going to see from our more defensive person, I'd rather do. Uh, I'd rather see Adruzos. That's it. On I don't, what I don't get is he wasn't originally called up. It took an injury to who was it Hatiadakos for him to get called up. Like, so how does a player who doesn't get called up start? Does that make sense to you, you guys know, at all? Do you know why this is even worse? Is that Bakakis isn't playing at Ike and Zvarnas is playing in his place. He's not even a, <laughs> a natural right back. It's so embarrassing. It's just, it's just like. What kind of like little paper messages is Gramenos passing on to JVS before these games start? That Bakagi starts at right back. It... Guys, he was atrocious today. I can't say oh it enough. He he looked so useless. His everything when he has the ball at his feet, the only thing he knows how to do is kick it off the defender for a throw. That's all he's got. <laughs> when when he's defending, he can't defend anyone one on one. The the kid who came on, Brian Gil absolutely Ew. rinsed him like eight times it was brian rinsed hill him. i swear to god his name's brian the greeks, hill. The greeks brian were saying brian hill, hill but it's g-i-l i it's think silent it's silent okay. it's brian brian yeah. but he was he was rinsing bakakis and also bakakis's positioning when it comes to marking players or knowing like when to sort of play the offside trap as we call it versus when to stick with a guy he doesn't know what to do like there was one when he was just he was holding a guy on unnecessarily that he wasn't near, and there was another where um, was it Olmo or was it here again? But whoever he was meant to be marking, he was just nowhere to be found, and the guy went in behind and made a run. He was atrocious. I can't think of a good thing he did all day today, guys. And I'm sorry, like Mavrias does a better job at right back, right? Like even when we're trying to defend. Yeah. Guys, did you watch today? Bakakis did nothing. Oh, jeez. 
there's there's a comment here from from Gostas again um and I think what he's alluding to at the end there he says you know there are some players that are missing from this team who are world class I think we're talking about and we've talked about it so many times before particularly with with Manolas with Socrates with the form that he showed in the Arsenal games the whole situation with Siovas and the reason I want to pick this up is because I saw you know we saw comments all over social media during before after the game people saying you know the the players that we have right now they're not good enough and we don't have a good crop of players but honestly if you're looking at a team where you have players like Siovas or Gradis and Manolas in form at the back those are those guys are top defenders at the international level for me you've got if Timikas is fit and playing, he's a top player. At right back, we have a big problem. We don't have any right backs in Greece. I can't really think of one. I'm not going to say Yorgos Masuras because you mean Yanni playing in Poland? Who? Who? Yanni Masuras. Yeah, uh, sorry, Yanis uh, Masuras. He's playing in Poland for a mid-level team in a three-five-two. I'm not. I'm not sure. For me, he's like a Haris Papas. I don't know if anybody remembers Haris Papas. He was a good 100-meter sprinter, very, very fast, just crap with the ball. But we signed him, and he left after however many months. Anyway, moving up the field, Fortunis, Zolis. You've got some some talented players, attacking-wise. Problems in the midfield because you don't have an eight. But actually, like guys, we do have players. We're just having problems with politics. Yeah, I, I think that's fair to say. Pretty well yeah. said. Hundred percent fair because we have we have plenty of good players. Look, look at uh, and on the right back side. By the way, we forgot about Kitsu. We keep bringing this up. This guy is available, and yeah. it's he's worth a shot. I mean. We have JVS is turning stones up for random players. We almost had Gutas in a, as a center back. You know what I mean? So like, if we're turning over these types of stones here, yeah. what, what, why not give one of those guys a call up and see what happens? That that's part of the problem I have, at least with with some of the the player management. It's well, it's, it's been it's not it doesn't make sense. It's been addressed in the chat. Maybe we should just uh, say it. I mean. Should, should we should we mention it? Greek fuzzball has has said. Can we talk about the ref, guys? We, if this was an Olympiakos game, if this was an Olympiakos game, we would have penalties against us, like at least two. If Dimitri Payet was was on the pitch for them, <laughs> <laughs> no, the, I agree so much. Like, oh, the one that they called, I think it was offside, and Bakakis fouled him. That could have been a penalty. That was bad. I thought it was. I thought it I was thought too. It was. It's thing is if you're a spain fan you're disappointed not because you didn't get penalties against greece you're disappointed because you're not good enough to beat this greece team like four nil enrique out valverde in for spain they're having a meltdown i went on spanish twitter just to see they were having a meltdown i was losing my mind laughing it was hysterical the rightfully so though yeah, I mean, they it was it was we were lucky. We were really really lucky. We were playing for the 0-0 draw. And when we went down one nothing, there was there was no management. There was no game management. Nothing changed. There were no tactic shifts, nothing to adjust to get more forward. We just did the same thing. And then we got lucky. Really really lucky that Masuras drew a penalty for something 
I haven't, I don't remember ever seeing called. I've never seen somebody get called for absurd follow through when they win the ball. I think it was a penalty. I mean, I understand why he gave it, but if I were the referee, I probably wouldn't have called the PK on that. That would have been pretty soft. And I can't think of another professional game where I've seen that type of penalty called. So we got really, really, really lucky. And this isn't to take away from the defensive shape in that respect that JVS did. But you can't tell me there was a plan going forward because every single time we got the ball, we were able to win it. Where was the movement? Where was the shape? There was none. There was a lot of individual efforts, a lot of balls being played way up where you would see Solis getting stuck by himself and people getting upset that Solis isn't doing anything when he's closed down by four Spanish players. What is he supposed to do? That's what we talk about when there's game management or tactics. You could see the tactics on the defensive side of the ball. The shape was solid. There was uh, a lot of man marking, great zonal shifts. I loved it. But when we had the ball, there was nothing. It It was very disjointed. Or at the very least, if there was a plan, it wasn't being executed. And that's the that's the sad part. If we compare what we saw today to the 2004 Greece team, when the 2004 Greek team was able to dispossess despite being super defensive, they got the ball forward. They connected. There was a plan and link up to go forward with the ball. And that's the difference. Yeah, it was just really frustrating, as you said, Adi. Like There were a couple times in the second half when we had a little bit of a break. Fortunis takes the ball and starts running with it. Solis takes the ball and starts running with it. But five players run straight at them from Spain. And like, what are you meant to do? There's no support. It's it's uh it's really unfortunate. There was like, I mean, I <laughs> I said at halftime, there's literally no way we score a goal. We did score a goal, to be fair, but I mean, we weren't gonna score from open play. No way. And to be fair, I mean, it's quite clear that JVS was playing for a draw probably was in his head expecting to get a zero zero, uh, which is poor football to watch. In my opinion, when you're just sitting back and defending, like you don't want to see your team doing that. You want to see your team with the ball attacking. Um, but as we said, the defensive shape, I think was solid. We only conceded the one goal. I was, I, and it's, it's hard to tell because I also thought that Spain didn't really have the, in the intent to score a lot of the time. It seemed to me, um, but that was yeah. just my my thoughts watching the game. I didn't see any leaders on that Spain team. I keep like I'm getting some messages on Twitter like, oh, you know, you have to play ugly against the world powers. I'm sorry, I did not see a Spain team that was a world power today. I saw a lethargic, leaderless Spain team. Tell me, who's the leader of that team? Ramos. When Ramos went off, I thought there was nothing. I thought he was the only one, right? And he's like, what, 35 now? 30. Maybe and he's not, a, he's not really a scoring threat, at least not an open No, play. but Morata is your best striker, man. <sighs> it's just not good enough for an elite team. This Brian Hill, this guy's a different sauce. I didn't even hear of him. And I was reading, I Googled him, and it's like the eye bar Johan Cruyff. Like, I know that's a bit, sounds a bit ridiculous, but his movement. He he's only 20 years old, this, man. He's only 20 years old. Pa- Unreal. Like, I I loved watching him play. Like I'm gonna good. go, I'm gonna go watch some like highlight tapes of this guy because the way he moves too is just beautiful. I know we're okay. We're we're supposed to be talking about the the national guys. Player. What if Olympiacos bring him in on a loan next year? 
Brian Hughes <laughs> says no. Win the Champions League, man. Unreal <laughs> player. <laughs> but That's seriously, the bam. he was he he played nice, but again, there was just Ferran Torres didn't look like the Torres we saw for Man City. I guess maybe he, I don't know. It just he didn't look like he was going to score. I, I give that to Chimikas. Yeah. Maybe it's a little harder when you're going against Chimikas instead of like 37 year old Jose Holebas. No offense to him, great player, love him. <laughs> he was playing up front for City, right? Playing, yeah, he, uh, was. he was just like roaming and getting in between the lines, so he was playing a very different role. Yeah, honestly, though, moving deeper into that second half, like I think Siopi's played better than Mantalos, even like what I liked is that you had three defensive defensive-minded midfielders so one could go up and press and then you still had the two deeper like yeah. that makes sense i i thought that works quite well to be honest and if, if the front three had been solis yakumakis fortunis from the start maybe there but i liked it defensively but offensively there was just nothing from that midfield three when going forward it was just yeah it was it's, it's, Siopis was like the the poor man's Madi Kamara today. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Very poor man. Like, I've oh my god. I've never rated him to be honest. I remember he played like the one game against Partizan in Serbia. Yeah. I think that was it. Yeah. yeah. And came on as a sub in Athens as well after that. And then he had a falling out with uh, the club. Yeah. And he, he was he wanted to go to Ajax or something, and I think they they blocked him. And then yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. I, I thought this was a good question. About so this is Roman Smirnidis sent sent us in a question. When Yanulis returns, I think the best thing to do is to play them both on the left, so that the Yanulis and Simikas, one as a winger, one as a fullback, both incredibly talented defensively. What do you think? Um, you know that was brought up. Uh, I think when we talked to Super Greek the very first time, mm-hmm. very first. Uh, time he joined us. This was actually something we discussed very briefly um, because these guys get, we get pretty good production out of them. Yanulis is very great offensively, uh, but defensively Tsimikas is the better player. So the question is, why not play both? These guys both do very well. They both get forward well, or at least better than other wingers that have put on the ethnic shirt. Why not give it a shot? Listen, I'm down to try it. I don't mind at all. The only concern I have is, of course, that that means less time we played Solis. And Solis is a wonderful player. He's very young, okay, doesn't have the experience, but he needs the feature for this team. This team needs to be built around players like him. So you have to have those guys on there. But all things held equal, yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing Yandulis and Simikas on the field at the same time. Not at all. I mean, guys, how crazy is it to try Solis on the right? You know, that sort of cutting in inside winger type, uh, especially if we potentially get a more attacking right back like an yeah. Androzos in there that can fill that space wide and Solis comes in and scores the goals. Just a thought, like who else is on the right? Limnios, who thinks he can like get past Limnios Virgil so van Dijk and Sergio Ramos, who's going to try to dribble past every defender he sees Honestly, and dispossess. For sure, Peter. And I, I want to say so. Like the system Pedro Martins is now starting to utilize at Olympiacos, I think would work massively here, like the three four three, because we don't have a freaking fullback on the right side to throw Andruzos there as a wing back. You play Yanulis as the the other fullback. 
You play Chimikas as like the Jose Jolebas roles, the more attacking central defender. Buhalaki Zeka, and then you go Yakumakis, Solis, Fortunis, boom, that's your team. I and could you imagine Chimikas next to Manola and Socrati in that? Oh, oh. Don't, don't that tempt. would be so good. Andrutos right wing back, Yanulis left wing back. That's the team right there. That's that's the side, team I would choose. Side note, Olibiagos, side note. So many rumors that Manolas wants to come back. He has a contract until 2024. Thinking about not seeing it out, but he could be back in the next couple of seasons. So you could see a Socrates Manolas pairing. And who knows, maybe Timikas coming back on a loan. So that could happen at club level. I don't know. I'm just dreaming now. Andrutsos on the right. And Andrutsos on the right. That hey, we haven't talked much about them, by the way, but I wanted to give a shout out to the center backs, uh, Zavellas and Kiriakos Papadopoulos. They both did pretty well. Kiriakos Papadopoulos, especially, he worries me with how easily he goes to ground sometimes and the slides that go like all the way across the field. Not a huge fan. He, he even did that ages ago when he was at Olympiacos and then when he went to Schalke. He, I thought he did a great job. And Savelas, for as much as we make fun of him, I thought he actually did pretty well today. We've seen way worse games from him. And the two of them, I thought, did pretty well holding down that, that central defensive area. They did okay in the air. Uh, Savelas, not so much in the air, but at least Kiyakos Papadopoulos was pretty good. So I was happy with both of their performances. And I hope we see more of that going forward. Papadopoulos is, I mean, at least when you're considering players on the squad that JVS has selected, he's this type of center back that we don't really have. He's big and strong. He's not, you know, he's not very quick, but like we have all these like Hatsidiakos types who are like converted fullbacks, like 5'10", 5'11". Papadopoulos, he's, he's a bit bigger. He provides a bit more of that presence. So, you know, with the players that we have, um, you know, he's got his weaknesses, but I think it's decent to have him in there. I still wish we saw Mavropanos today. I, I kind of guess we see him at the weekend in a friendly against Honduras. But um, yeah, I, I was the whole defense, uh, even though Bakakis was in that back four, we did a good job defensively as a team. And Zeka as well. Um, Man, Zeka Zeka's like the type of player that celebrates a great defensive play like it's a goal. And I love that about him so much. Even yeah. if he played for Panathinaikos and just Yeah. And and mate, you know what? Watching watching the um, the players at the beginning of the match before kickoff singing the national anthem and seeing him, it's almost like he was singing the national anthem. With with more passion, he always sings louder than everyone else, yeah. man. He loves just like, dude. You're not even Greek. Like, I mean, okay, guy's got nationality. He feels Greek. Spent a lot of time in Greece. Respect, man. No, I got a lot of respect for Zeka. Consummate professional. Love, love, love to see it. And the best thing that I mean, it would be amazing if we could find a proper eight or one that's healthy at least to put next to him. Because if we get an all-purpose eight next to him, then we finally have a solid midfield in Greece. And that's the problem. So many defensive mids. And also, it made me laugh. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys had the ESPN stream, but when uh, Solis and Siopis came on, 
the announcer goes, oh, yes, you know, it's Solis and Siop. Very attack-minded attack minded changes. I'm like, nobody. When Madalos came off, the number 10 left. <laughs> and this is a defensive midfielder coming on. This is not an attack-minded change. But well, keep telling yourself that. Adi, I've got two names for you then. So, of course, we know Galanopoulos, who's injured. I mean, we know the problems he's had with injuries. He would be a big, big addition to the squad if he came in. And then Sotiris Alexandropoulos, could he fit in? If if JVS was actually, maybe maybe it's, it's a fair uh, choice to leave him out in this big game, but could he fit in to this midfield soon? I would like to see it. I really would, because we've seen how this plays out, guys. We've seen how it plays out with two DMs. You know what I mean? We've seen the Zeka Kurbelis, Zeka Buhalakis, Buhalakis Kurbelis. Now, Buhalakis Kurbelis is the one I hate the worst. That's just ugh, disgusting. But we, you need somebody. You need somebody that has some type of playmaking ability, downfield vision. You need that to, to just to keep the midfield rolling. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You know what? It doesn't even have to be anybody that's uh, really magical at all. Just somebody that can keep the ball moving. That's what we need. Somebody that can keep it going forward, that kind of sees all the pieces moving around at the same time. We've been missing it. And I wonder if part of that is the reason why we feel so disjointed. There's another player that we've brought up that uh, every time we play against them for Libyakos, that is, who can do that and who's been looking really good doing that. And that is Ninis. Ninis is playing quite well at Volos. Now, can the Bro. guy last for 90 minutes? Probably not. But it's not he's worth level. giving a shot. This guy, right? can, you think he could run at for more than 30 minutes against the Spain? Like that's there's... the problem. That's the problem. But if you don't have anybody else healthy, and, and you know what, maybe you don't start him. Fine. Maybe you don't. But he could play against Georgia. You know, like why not? Huey. Why not? That and even as a super sub. But there is such a drought at, at that position. I think it's worth giving a shot. If we're going to make all these reaches to try some of these other players, I don't see why that's out of the question. Not at all. I, I think for the purpose of these, these games, you, it's difficult to throw in a player like Ninis or Alexandropoulos. If we had some friendlies coming up, try them out there, see how it goes. I like Alex Alexandropoulos. I remember him from the the game at Karaiskaki that we barely won in the first round. Olympiakos Panathinaikos. He came in, I think, at half time, and they moved Kurbelis back to centre back, and it almost felt like we were getting dominated by this eighteen year old in mid in in centre mid. And I thought, who the hell is this kid? So I would like to see him, but for the purpose of these fixtures, I think he was going to be more useful in the under-21s. I think he played today. So we'll see him. We'll see him, I think, when, when the time is right. And don't forget, guys, tomorrow normally should be the elections in Epo. So hopefully Gramenos is out the door and crawls back into that hole from whence he came and we never see his ugly mug again. Um, yeah, so hopefully we will return to some level of of normality uh and i do hope that zagorakis can can do a job to to restore the national team to to some decent level 
Well, guys, yeah. uh, as we begin to wrap up, so. <laughs> you don't need me. <laughs> so, yeah, Greek friend of ours just wrote, Pio Nini, that I must relani aftos. And then he's gonna, yeah, <laughs> what's this guy talking about? Wonderful stuff. Um, so, as we do, as listeners of the podcast know, uh, we usually wrap up our episodes with a man of the match and coach's grade. Um, Feel free if you're watching live in the chat as well to give us your man of the match and assign a letter grade to JVS A through F. Uh, but we'll go around and do ours. I'll go ahead and get started. I'm going to give my man of the match to Chamikas. I thought he played very well, um, good in defense, got in the way of a lot of passes, looked good in the few times that we were we were breaking with the ball. Uh, we know he's one of our best players and it's nice to see that despite not playing at Liverpool, he still can come in and put in a good performance. Uh, as far as JVS goes, I'm not going to give him an F or anything like that. I'm going to say a C for JVS, maybe a C plus because I think defensively uh, he did well. I think at the end of the day, it's probably smart to try and go for just a nil-nil draw in terms of maximizing our points, even if it's just poor to watch. Um, so I'll give him a C, C plus, and he gets big points off because we had absolutely no game plan going forward. We weren't going to score unless it was a lucky fluke penalty, like the one that we in fact got. Uh, so for that, he's going to get big points docked off. So I'll go with a C plus for JBS. Lambro, what do you think? Yeah, man of match is easy for me. It's for it's uh, Chimikas, and um, I kind of want to just go flops of the match real quick as well. I think Costa made those kind of, or was it Adi who did that for the other game? It anyway, was Adi. He gave it to that was, Adi. That was me. I had the flop of the match. All right, here we go. Limnios, Balto. He's a coat. I I don't know. Can Lazar <laughs> get a passport? I'll take him. I'll take him. Freaking. I, I cannot watch Limnios play, man. That guy is... Woo. I, I'd play Matalos on the wing over him. Honestly, he's nothing. Bakakis is a nothing, man. It's time to go. It's time to pack the bags. Masuras, man of the match. I, I respect that. But but no, um, I, I would say my man of the match is actually between Masuras and Chimikas. I thought both played fantastic games. Shout out to Andreas Buhalakis too. Played a decent game, I thought, as well. Did his work in the midfield. Zeka as well. Flop as well. Bacasetas. Just a nothing. A nothing player like usual. Even with the goal. I'm great pen, by the way. Great penalty. I have to say, oh, it was a great game. It was a great he penalty. always kicks him down the middle, though. He always kicks him down the middle. Remember, it got saved against last time against... The uh, other one he Pusino. missed, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, JVS, like... Tactics were so bad, man. They were so bad. I I just feel like if Spain had the cutting edge, it would have been three or four nil. To be honest, I, I think it was more them than it was us. But given the result in Spain, I have to say B, B plus. Even if I didn't like the tactics, he got the result. Adi? Um, so man of the match for me. The midfielders did their defensive duties. It's just with the ball at their feet, they were average. Uh, I may have to give it to Tsimikas because we really didn't get anything going forward unless it went down that left side. 
what happened down the right that wasn't the result of pressure? You know what I mean? Uh, when that ball when Fortune is chased, um, I think it was Martinez down there got gets the ball, but then gets end up stuffed up in the right corner. Uh, nothing happened on that right side. It was all the left, and part of that was because some of the interplay between Timikas and Solis. But Timikas was really good at reading some of those passes. Kept Ferran Torres in his pocket, so I'm going to give it to Zimikas. Um, My flop of the match, 100%, is Limnio. I thought that you know, in some of the Nations League matches, we you know Limnio was the only person we saw doing stuff in those in those cases. But today showed why he's not playing in Germany. He's got the football IQ of a peanut. And it, this is one of those things where I don't understand why. JVS, you know, he always says, oh, I play the people in form. What form? And we saw it. This is why he's not playing. Limnion, until we see something at club level, I'm, I'm, I'm good pushing him to the side. Even though traditionally he plays better for the ethnic even the club, I'm done with that. Now, JVS, I'm not even going to give him a C, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't think there was a game plan going forward. Like I said, I've explained myself. It's pretty clear. He got lucky with the, with the penalty that we drew. But I can't, I can't knock him for that defensive shape. Setting up a defense like that, uh, especially against the Spanish team, even a Spanish team that's not as good as it used to be or not as good as teams we've seen in the past. Setting up a defense to consistently push things to the outside. If I remember correctly, nine <laughs> shots and only two on target. So I can't, I can't be super upset with that. The defensive part was done, so we'll say half the game was done. But then going forward... That's the part that really we struggled with. And we're not going to get these really fortunate penalties, these uh, March 25th Independence Day gifts every game we play. So we have to do something a little bit more with that. But I'll take the result, and I'm going to give JVS a B. Guys, the Limio slander is running rampant um, in the comments right now. For people who are listening on audio, we've got Romada Rumor. Limnios is Hadis Papas with better marketing. <laughs> and, oh my God. That's not brilliant. <laughs> and Alki again says Vlachodimos V2.0 with a better work rate is Limnios. And, and to clarify, he's not referring to goalkeeper Vlachodimos. He's referring to, I think his, his name is brother. Paderis? Is it Paderis? The wonder kid. The wonder kid. He's in the Greek Cristiano Ronaldo at one point. Yeah. Yeah. He's in, he's in, that's a good comparison, by the way. I like that. Um, But Costa, Costa, you're the last one here. Funny story about Panagiotis Vlachodimos. I remember I was in Poland uh, for a national team game. It was the Germany, uh, Germany Greece game 4 2. We lost, uh, I think we'd gone 2 1 up even. Anyway, we were talking to some Germans on the train and we w- they were from Stuttgart and uh, Panagiotis Vlachodimos and Odysseas, they were both youth academy products at, at Stuttgart. And I remember, I think a guy I was talking to played with them at Stuttgart Academy and he was telling me Panagiotis Vlachodimos is the type of guy that if he didn't play football, you'd find him on an alleyway, like drunk, uh, outside a bar, you know, <laughs> so that, that kind of guy. Anyway, side story. So, uh, <laughs> man of the match, um, there was a good point made by someone earlier about the defensive midfielders and how good a job they did today off the ball protecting the centre-backs. I think that was a really good point. Um, my man of the match, I think Timikas. I know, like, I think, uh, Peter, he was your man of the match. Are you as well? I think for, for somebody that hasn't played this season to come in and do a job for 75 minutes against 
one of Spain's most dangerous players, uh, I think hats off. And and anything we did in the first half, it it was happening down the left hand side. Uh, so I'm I'm happy for him. I hope he gets more more game time at Liverpool for for God's sake. Okay, he's up against one of the best left backs in the world, if not the best right now. Um, so yeah, he's my man of the match and coach's grade. I'd probably give JVS a C, uh, just because I gave him so much crap before and during the game and rightfully so, but, but in the end, uh, the, the result earns him a C, C minus guys, the, for us, I mean, the, it goes to Georgia. That's, I think everyone's conclusion. Uh, that's the next game coming up. You know, we can talk about Sweden, but to be honest with you guys, Sweden is far away. Who knows what could happen? You know, we could have big injuries. They could have big injuries, but it's all about this Georgia game. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk, JVS in, JVS out. It's big controversy on social media right now. But the way I see it, folks, we got to wait for Georgia. This is a, This is an environment where we expect to win. If we've learned anything from Nations League, JVS doesn't fare well in games that we expect to get a result from. The The Spain result is great. We came in as underdogs. Greeks love to be underdogs. We know this from Olympiacos, from the Euro 2004 run. They maybe were complacent. They didn't play great. But Georgia, if, if we don't look convincingly better than that Georgian side, both in attack and in defense, we got to start asking questions. Um Peter, can I just say, too, I'm looking at the rundown of the Sweden-Georgia game, and Georgia had almost the exact same amount of shots on target. Possession was 55-45. Georgia went to Sweden and played a decent game of football against Sweden. I oh, I, I'm, <laughs> I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here, but we're going to have to learn how to play football in a week. <laughs> like, real football, not running track stars for 90 minutes like who the hell is going to complete a pass Bacasetas? i don't anyway this is something for another podcast but georgia doesn't look like they're a rollover by any any stretch so anyway we thought that. we thought the faroe islands were were a rollover there's no such thing as a rollover in in international football at this level i mean okay I have one. I have one last point because we're talking about how we might line up against Georgia, and there is something that I discussed in Peter's presence when we were talking to Super Greek the other day. What about having Pavlidis up front, holding up the ball, and playing Yakumakis on the right, just like we did with Haristeas in two thousand and four? In two thousand and four, Haristeas started on the right. We had Vrezas up front. I would like to see that. I would like to see Zolis on the left, Fortunis at the 10, and Yakumakis on the right with a real hold-up striker that can bring players into the game up front. Uh, I know it's not going to happen because Captain Fantastic Bacasetas has to play, uh, but would like to get thoughts on that. Well, uh, as you said, Costa, I've already heard you say this take. I, I, I definitely agree. with. I think it would be interesting to try out uh, anything is better than Bacasetas up top for me. So, um, but I also think I kind of, you know, maybe we don't want to get into this too much, but I kind of expect a return to the four-two-three-one with Bacasetas in the ten, maybe supporting Pavaridis or Yakumakis by themselves. That's kind of what I expect. But uh, who knows? 
Yeah. I, 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 the game against Honduras is going to be interesting, I guess. Pelicas will get run out. I assume. I, who knows? Honduras will get run out. Who knows? We'll, we'll just have to wait and see. I, it's going to definitely be more open. 100%. Has to but be. I just don't think that I have a bad feeling this team's not going to get a result against, uh, Georgia, or it's going to be a result, but it's going to be, uh, but it's going to be just so bad, you know, and we're like taking four points away and everyone's like, oh, we got hope. And then we're just, I don't know. We'll just take it one game at a time. But Georgia in Tumba going to be interesting. Well, the the test is going to be because, you know, we were in Nations League. We were playing against minnows, let's be honest. So seeing how we possessed and we commanded possession against those minnows, there's an, there's, a, there's an expectation like, okay, you know what? Obviously, we're not going to do that against Spain. But the, there, we have to do it against Georgia. The, you have to do it. The expectation is that JVS is going to do that. And this is going to segue into something I want to say because we, we get this comment a lot. I mean, and we are. We're very critical of JVS. But we get comments that, oh, you guys just want JVS gone. It seems like you guys just want him out. That's not the case. We disagree a lot with what he does. But we've been saying from the get-go, even with the Nations League, we, we view it, the four of us collectively, it's a failure. It was a failure. We needed to come out number one in that group. We were expected to come out number one in that group. We didn't. It was a failure. I don't care how pretty the ball is you play. You can play as pretty as you want. You can be Barcelona, Tiki Taka, but if you win nothing, you get the only reward you get is the golden buzo. That's it. That's all you have. Now, if we go into Georgia and we fumble, and we do nothing, then we ask those questions about JVS. Hey, is this, gonna be, is, this, is this the right manager for us? Not this game, though. This isn't the game you ask those questions. So we don't, we're not asking for his head now. If he screws up later on in this campaign in the games where we're expecting the wins, then yes. Then we're going to be saying, hey, you got to go. That's it. Uh, and then before we close up, I know we have some uh, new reviews. We have some new podcast reviews uh, that we like to read. We told you guys, if you leave a review, it doesn't matter what uh, platform it's on, whether it's YouTube, whether it's uh, Apple, the podcast reviews, we will read it, whether it's good or bad. Uh, we love the ones where people claim Lombardo is a Pac fan. They're delightful. So please keep those coming in. <laughs> so we, <laughs> the most recent review is from... Uh, Thira, Thira 7, 1925. The best Olympiacos podcast. As an Olympiacos fan in America, it is often difficult to get news and updates about our beloved Olympiacos. This podcast does it all, and the guys are very insightful. They use a mix of opinion and statistics. Would recommend to any Olympiacos fan or fan of Greek football. Thira Efta. So thank you so much, uh, Thira 7, for that review. We also have a couple on youtube that i'm going to read for you um we have earth extremities just watched your interview on AFTV, and i'm now subscribed uh wonderful channel uh, we have some art new arsenal fans that are becoming olibiakos fans that's the goal here guys we're trying to bring expand the fan base of olibiakos here we're trying to bring the diaspora together as well as bring more fans to the club that we all know and love um Let's uh, have more here. Uh, another one. Uh, this is from me, exclamation point. Arsenal fan here. Saw you guys on AFTV. 
Hope you grow the channel. Great job, guys. New subscriber. We also have from, I think I just lost it, from uh, two commenters today during the show, uh, Ramada Drummer. Uh, please don't stop this content. Non-Greek Olympiakos fans want you. And then from Roman Smidnidis, seeing you making some comments today, giving us some great questions. Great content. Keep going. We Olympiakos fans around the globe will support you. So thank you guys for the comments. Please continue to leave them. If you leave any comments, we will read them. We love the ones where you call Pac or Lambro Pac fan. Just keep those coming too. Those are my favorite. Also, oh. we love the ones where you say that uh, like Marinakis has us in his pocket and we're just, <laughs> uh, you know, a, a, a piece of for him to spew his opinions in English because honestly, it could it'd be pretty cool to, to be able to meet Marinaki and, uh, you know, be able to, to get to know him. So maybe we'll just speak that into existence. That would be kind of cool. So keep leaving those as well, and, and we'll leave them because we do see those type of comments as well. He's um, monitoring now. He's monitoring. Yeah. That's that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> Marinaki, uh, if you're listening, hello, and happy Independence Day. Um, <laughs> and, and happy, happy name, name day. day. <laughs> oh, happy name day. Good good one. Ronya Pala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening especially if you've made it this far. We hope you enjoyed, especially if you listened on live. Uh, this is something we'll try to do more often, especially for these post-game podcasts. We know people are jumping at the bit to make their opinions heard after these big games. So thank you for your comments today if you were uh, listening live. If you're listening afterwards on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever, uh, we appreciate that as well. Feel free to leave a review. Leave a comment, like, subscribe, follow Gate7INTL. It's on the bottom of the screen there if you're watching on video as well. So we just want to say thank you, everyone. Have a great rest of your Independence Day if you're listening live. Hope you enjoyed the game. We will be back with Filipakos on Monday. So until then, enjoy the rest of your week, and we will see you very soon. You just listened to an episode of the Gate 7 International Podcast, a podcast connecting Olympiakos fans from Brussels to Tokyo, from Toronto to Geneva. We are four Olympiakos fans from every corner of the world, bringing you news and interviews of the team you love in English. With new episodes twice a week, you will never miss out on the latest updates and stories of the team you love. If you liked what you heard, make sure to follow us on social media at Gate7INTL. Give us a subscribe on YouTube or even leave a review on all our podcast channels. Until next time, this is our team, our city and our story. Thrilos, he said. Stomialo kati magiko.